What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Beef's Beef, number 77, actually, is what I was just noticing. Uh, back again with my compadre, BJ. Well, I appreciate it. I Capa- called you compadre because you just informed me that you ate over a pound of tacos last night. That's true. And that was only the meat, like I was telling you. I put a little bit of a spicy sauce on there, a little bit of fresh pico, a little sour cream, a little bit of Mexican cheese. Corn tortillas have to be corn, can't be is flour. That, here's the thing, though. Is that considered cannibalism, though? Did you eat beef? That's a good point. Did, I, you, did I, you eat beef? I definitely did, and I, I wouldn't like to be referenced as a cannibal again, especially not on air, but I guess that is true. Yeah, <laughs> so some good things happened since our last episode. I'm, hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. I had a blast doing it. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff about boxing that I never knew listening to Teddy Atlas, a.k.a. Big G. Yeah, he did great, man. I'm telling you, he was comfortable on here. He had a lot of great knowledge. He gave you guys a a lot of previews of some good upcoming fights. Whether you're an avid boxing fan or somebody who just is scratching the surface, he gave you something. Yeah, and the thing is, is he made it easy to understand with what he was saying. Right. He kept it simple. Yeah, it's just like they always say, keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Kiss method. Kiss method, for sure. Louisville got a win. Ding, 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 ding. Louisville got a win. They not only got a win, they held a lead. True. And I was actually talking to one of my buddies. We we were getting ready to play, and um, he was going to the game instead. And I said, what are you going for? You know it's going to be a win. I said, I'm going to give him six points. And he said, no, it's going to be a lot more than that. Sure enough. Yeah, it's Here's the thing, man. Louisville has proven throughout the entire ACC schedule that they can play with every team in the ACC. Now, can they finish and get a win? Not always. Right. But they've they've shown, I mean, 23-point lead on Duke. Granted, I know we blew the lead. 10-point lead at halftime against Virginia. You've shown that you can play with these teams in stretches. 21-point win against North Carolina. I don't like to throw that in your face. You bring it up more often than I do. Yeah, because I, try I not to, it. Yeah, I try not to throw that in your face because I'm not that type of guy. Listen, since then, North Carolina has turned it around. I should be sitting here saying thank you. Yeah, I mean, you all – I would say outside of Virginia, you are probably the hottest team in the ACC right now. Well, speaking about hot shooting, Virginia was shooting the lights out. We talk about that. So, yeah, that's a team I probably don't want to match up no. against because people don't understand. They see the scores and they're like, oh, that's a low-scoring team. That's an efficient team. Like, their, their possessions average about 22 seconds out of the 30 seconds in the shot clock, and they're scoring a high amount of points for how many possessions are in what a was game. was it, 18 for 25 the other day against uh, Syracuse? It was in that ballpark. I know they like had a, at least 18 threes. I know, or I know they had 18 threes. I just don't know if it was 18 to 23 or 25. But think about it, too. It's each person knows their role on that team. You've got really three shooters on that team, and somehow they still get open looks because they just don't take bad shots. Yeah, you're talking Guy, Jerome, and um, Hunter. Hunter, yeah. I mean, I, they, mean, I throw Hunter in there. I know Hunter has had, you know, Know, some games where he hasn't shot it that well, but he gets open looks somehow. We, it's like we woke him up fully. Like yeah. he was already playing decently when then he just like, oh yeah, I'll drop 26 and a half against Louisville or whatever it was and completely wake up, which is not great for the rest of the ACC. So we'll no. apologize for that one as well because we've woken up two sleeping giants. Yeah, do North some Carolina. good and some bad. Yeah. I, I'm appreciative of the first one, that one not so much. So Louisville uh, – Pretty much led the entire time against Notre Dame. Um, Mooney still went off. Mooney is 
the most probably I'd say the most underappreciated player in the ACC. The guy just goes out there and produces. Which part of that is they're not they don't have a good record. They're not playing too well this year, and they've been relevant lately. So I, I get some of that, but you're right. Duke can shoot it. Yeah, I mean, 9 of 16 from the field, thir- 22 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, and no turnovers. Right. Uh, I mean, and he only had one foul. He had one foul the entire – and he played 33 minutes. That's – he has more – like, I don't, I don't know if I just – but he has more double-doubles than anybody else in the ACC. And the guy doesn't get talked about really at all. No, that's amazing. I didn't know he had more double-doubles than everybody, but when you think about it, pretty much every game I've seen, he's had close to double-digit rebounds, and you know for sure he's putting up at least 10. Absolutely. I mean, he came out, and I want to say he had their first eight or ten points. Yeah. I I think it was their first eight. And, I mean, so you knew he was going to get double digits. And he just never stopped. I mean, he scored 22 points. They had three starters in double digits, but their bench is what killed him. They only had eight points off the bench. And one of their players that, that scored off the bench had 29 minutes. And only yeah. had two points. I mean, it's not going to help. That's, I, I mean, they didn't shoot it well. They shot 39% from the field where Louisville shot at 47 or 48. Uh, Louisville's big big thing was, or the to me the biggest difference outside of Louisville out-rebounding them by 19 was the free throw line. You take a look at the free throw line, Notre Dame was 4 of 14 where Louisville was 13 of 15. Right. Yeah, not many turnovers for each team. It's like you said, the rebounding stood out to me a bunch too. I mean, that's 19 rebounds. That's that's a substantial amount right there. To me, the the three big things that I always look at whenever I look at a box score if I didn't watch a game, and you you can tell me if you differ in this. Obviously, first you're gonna look at the score. That's you're, yeah, you're well, that's what's that. shoved in your face, yeah. so you see it. But I always my thing is I always look at rebounds. I look at assists right. and I look at turnovers. Yeah. Those, I don't look at assists as much, to be honest, because each team is different with that. But I for sure look at turnovers and rebounding. I'm, the only reason I normally look at assists is because I like to compare that to the turnovers. Right. And The ratio. Yeah. But those are really the two big things that I look at all the time first are rebounds and turnovers. Because to me, that can more often than not, they can tell a tape of, of, of an entire game. Yeah. You can get a good picture from it. Yeah, I mean, because I, someone's like, oh, you didn't watch the game. I'm like, but you can look at the stats, and more often than not, you can kind of configure what happened. Well, and even sometimes you don't get to watch the full game on certain stuff, so you can see part of the game and then look at those stats and say, all right, was that the tail of the tape or was that the uh, the just quick segment you saw? Um, looking at it, Notre Dame shooting four for 14 from the free throw line like you referenced, that's terrible. And, um, and it showed in the game. There was yeah. there was key parts where they were making a, a small run, just missed free throws. Yeah, and what else is terrible is two for 22 from the three-point line for U of I mean, that, that's something that you're going to have to figure out. Absolutely, but. and that to me um, is kind of encouraging, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying. To, to win by uh, – 15 points, or 14 points. Granted, it is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a dumpster fire this year outside of Jack Mooney. and I like Gibbs, too, but Gibbs hasn't played up to his potential. Yeah. But you shoot 2 of 22 from the three-point line, and you win by 14. That's, right. that's a good sign. And if you think – just think back to the Virginia game last time because that's who Louisville has coming up next is Virginia. Correct. They go to Virginia on Saturday. You think of the, the Virginia game last time. You go in a halftime up 37-30, to 30 and Louisville has hit 10 threes. Right. 
you're not going to win a game shooting nine percent from the from the inside the three point line. Well, and you all kind of look for a decent amount of threes. I mean, in the Mac offense, he, he wants your big guys to shoot it. He wants your power forwards to shoot it. And he wants your guards to shoot it. So. You can live and die by the three at some points, but you also have to have two things. You also have to have easy buckets that allow those threes to get open, and I like the offensive rebound. With 12 offensive rebounds against Notre Dame, that's, in my opinion, the best three you can take is yeah. a transition three where you got numbers or off an offensive rebound. Absolutely. Absolutely, because they always say inside-out's the best way to shoot a three. Right. And it's well, sucks true. the defense in. Everybody turns and watches on a rebound. So if you go up and get it and you don't have an easy putback, then you're going to have a shooter somewhere wide open. So you take a look at that two for 22, but then you look at the inside and see that Louisville shot a lot better. If Louisville, Here's the thing. Louisville's not going to shoot two of 22 again this season. It just doesn't happen. It happens every once in a while, but you don't really see a team that shoots normally that well from the three shoot two of 22. Can it happen Probably again? Not. Absolutely. No. It's well, not. and I think you guys might have more than 22 threes shot in a game. I mean, that's absolutely that's not surprising to me to see 22 threes. But you think – I mean, I know they shot more than that in the Virginia game because they were 10 of 17 in the first half against Virginia the first time. Yeah. So I, I would just – I would guess that they shot more than six or six or more in the second half. And that's a low-possession game. I mean, think about North Carolina. There's probably a decent amount. It depends on who you're playing. So, once again, I'm not solely going by statistics. It's style of play. But to shoot 22 threes for this L team is not uncommon. No. Um, but you take a look at that and you see that two for 22. Let's, let's say Louisville shoots a decent amount in this Virginia game. Right. And then the big thing with – the game last time, you had Diakite and, and you had Huff. Right. Salt played two or three minutes in the game. It was really a non-factor. Might have played up six, but like I said, non-factor in the game. I think he had one rebound and no points. Right. But Huff and Diakite absolutely killed Louisville. But that's what it's looking like is the recipe for Virginia right now. I don't know if there's something involved with that. Like we mentioned, maybe an injury or something, but, but that's the recipe that they're using. But here's the thing. It was obvious that Mac's game plan was working outside of our big men not hitting shots inside. Yeah. And a lot of that was just missed chip shots. Yeah, well, so, well that's the thing about Virginia is they defend the three. I would compare them to, obviously it stinks this year, they're not that good, but I would compare Virginia to the San Antonio Spurs. They're going to be efficient on the offensive end. They value the three-point shot. They get easy buckets, but you're not going to shoot a ton of threes against them unless they want you to. Like and I, I, I kind of felt like they wanted us to. Yes. And I wonder if that's what they're going to keep doing. If they keep doing that and we can get Enoch and Williams to play like they have the past two games, I think there's a chance we can go to Virginia and get a win. Am I am I calling a win? Absolutely not. But I definitely think that we have a better shot if that's what they do again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that you guys have no chance against Virginia. Virginia is a beatable team, especially if they're not scoring the ball well. I think you guys lose this game, unfortunately. But with that being said, you guys need a win. So that's the plus side of it. Um, sometimes, from what I've seen in the past, when L needs a win this year, they kind of step up to the plate and play well. I yeah. compare them. You're going to love this one. But IU recently with those two wins, yeah. it's been interesting. It's, it's weird. I mean – what else is left for them to play themselves into the tournament? I mean, do they, no, for IU, Louisville's locked. Louisville's a lock yeah, in the tournament. Okay. I, I'm saying IU. I mean, is IU making the tournament outside of winning their conference tournament? 
See, that's for me. I think they have to win their conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, they've lost a lot of games. They lost to a lot of bad teams. And we've seen teams with 18 wins get in, and they'll probably, I mean, if they win, if they beat Illinois and then they win two games in their conference tournament. 21 wins. No, I think that's 18 right there, isn't it? Yeah, they are at 15 wins right now is what they have. Yeah, 15 and 14. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. 18 wins, 18 and 14, 18 and 15 because they'd have another loss in there. I could see that getting in. And the thing I I heard uh, Katz was talking about this. But the one thing that will separate them from everybody else is their BPI and then also their wins over ranked opponents, which kind of go hand in hand, I know. But – that's as far as being a team on the bubble. You want something that's going to stand out lot, and not in a negative light. A lot of the things are the thing that they're going with now is that net rating. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me about that. Yeah, the net rating is pretty much pushed everything to the side of the RPI and the BPI, and and the net rating Louisville is still in the top thirty because of their big win. So you would have to think, even with their losses, Indiana's probably still somewhere in the top forty. I yeah. mean, you got a win against Louisville. You have a blowout win against Marquette. You beat you sweep Michigan State. I mean that's four solid wins right there. Three three really really good wins with Marquette and Michigan State twice, and then another solid one with us. Right. And I would just, but then again, you have a blowout loss to Minnesota. You have losses to Nebraska. You have losses to Rutgers. I mean that's that's where you kind of wonder. All right, is which way is it going to go? Is the turn is the tournament committee going to look at? Well, they're kind of in the season on a hot streak. You beat Michigan State again. Let's say they blow out Illinois. You blow out Illinois. Go to the the Big Ten tournament. Maybe win a game or two. Right. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're like, well, this team's finally playing like we thought they could. Oh, I don't think there's a bad chance that they get in. I I just personally don't see it. I think, once again, they've got to win three out of their next four games for sure to even be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do it is to control your own destiny. You you win that Big Ten Conference Championship, that's the best route to go for IU. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not an IU fan in the least bit. I don't like IU. Right. But the tournament's better with IU basketball in it. I think so. I mean, especially locally for the talk and the nostalgia around the name. Um, I'm not an IU fan at all either. I'd like to see them in. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, when you get te- when you get all those teams, I mean, my dream is to have all the local teams in it. You get Notre Dame. Notre Dame really doesn't feel like that much of a local team as much as a Western or, or any of the teams in Kentucky do, I guess. But Indiana does. Right. Uh, Purdue does. And – I don't know. It produces about the same distance away as far as time-wise as, I guess, Notre Dame, maybe a little less. But I don't know. For some reason, Notre Dame doesn't really feel local unless it's football. No, and even, too, I think, yeah, even in the football, though, being independent and stuff, you don't see them against certain teams. I don't know. Notre Dame has a different – I do have a lot of friends who are Notre Dame fans, probably more so for the football than the basketball aspect of it. But once you cheer for a team – you kind of take them in all their sports too if yeah. they're doing well. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the way I am. Yeah, I I have seen you know Kentucky fans that are, oh, I'm a Kentucky for basketball and Alabama for football. That's kind right. of a joke to me. Or Kentucky for basketball and Notre Dame for football. Unless Kentucky's good, they're not your form against Louisville. Well, I mean, in full on. disclosure, when I was younger, my my dad you know went to Penn State, so 
I, I was a Penn State football fan and a North Carolina basketball fan. Now, the older I've gotten, it's exactly like what you said. you got to kind of stick with the team. Yeah. And, and Penn State, I had no stake in the game there, so I'm a North Carolina football fan. But you fan. probably still cheer for Penn State, when they're, but not as much as you do in North Carolina. No, I wouldn't even say cheer at all. N- none whatsoever. Keep I, up with, I guess. Yeah, I watch a decent amount of Penn State football, and I want, for my father's sake, you know, I want them to win whenever they're playing. But... I've got no skin in the game. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm cheering for the Tar Heels, and I'm watching Penn State. Yeah. So if, let's say Louisville wins the game on on um, Saturday. Right. Louisville wins, Syracuse loses, and Virginia Tech loses, which is very highly unlikely. Right. Well, it would be Virginia's third loss of the season, and you'd be the only other opponent besides Duke who beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, that's tough in its own right. Yeah. That would put Louisville at the fifth seed going into the ACC tournament next week. Right. Louisville loses, and let's just say it doesn't matter what else happens because even if Louisville loses and NC State wins, Louisville holds a tiebreaker over them. Louisville's the seventh seed at worst. And what you were reading, you said you saw somewhere that Coach K said that uh, Zion will be back for the ACC tournament. Yeah. I told you I hope you guys lose, and it's not because I want North Carolina to lose because I despise Duke anyway. It's just if Zion's not playing, and let's just even put it at this, if Zion's not even at 100%. Right. If you can get Zion back for his first game, if Rusty's been out for four or five games or however many games it is. Conditioning isn't there. Conditioning's not there. I would much rather play a Duke team who's the two seed than play a North Carolina team who's arguably one of the hottest teams in college basketball right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I understand that. It's like I told you, I don't really see North Carolina losing, but but here's the thing. I don't either. If Zion's not playing, I don't see you all losing either. And I told you even before, I didn't think you all would lose in Chapel Hill with him playing. Anything can happen, too. Jack White has not been playing well, and he's kind of the piece that somewhat replaced Zion, and that's a major fall-off. O'Connell's kind of stepped up a little bit, but that Duke team, it's like you said, that Bolden's always in foul trouble, so they, they have no other bigs besides Bolden and Delorier, which he's not even a true big. So I, I think they've shown some weaknesses without Zion. They don't have the depth. Goldwire has stepped up a little bit, but that's a beatable team 100%. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because you mentioned Jack White, and I saw an article. Jack White is the worst player in college basketball you've never heard of. Oh man, <laughs> it's I mean, it just talks about how you know James Harden had a remarkable thir- has a remarkable thirty point streak and all that stuff this year. Yeah, and he's missed twenty eight straight threes going into the game uh, February twenty sixth, and it's just yeah, he's yeah, he's bad. Right now, and I, I don't think that's the thing. I've seen him play well, so I'm yeah. not even saying he's bad. I'm just saying, you know, coming from possibly the best player in the country in Zion Williamson, you yeah. know, in my opinion, probably not as far as a college player, but like the potential is there for the best player. And you replace him with Jack White, and then, like you said, statistically, he's not just played well recently. Fonzo, um, Alfonso Ellis was talking about it on the broadcast the other day. He said he's seeing his releases changing, and the ball is moving to the right with the spin. So it's like something he doesn't know if it's mental or if it's there's actual a physical hitch in it though. So I don't know. Ho- hopefully he can get it right. I don't want to see anybody struggle. Get, I don't care if he gets it right because I don't right. want Duke to win. I don't want him to win either. But I don't. You know I. 
anybody who's an athlete doesn't want to see somebody else struggle. And you're I don't like, want him to struggle, but I wouldn't mind their team struggling. Yeah, I'm with you. And and I would thoroughly enjoy that as far as if they're <laughs> playing against us. When they're playing somebody else, I don't care. But I, I would like to see Saturday them struggle mightily. But one thing I, w- I do want to I do want to talk about though. Yep. I really, really hope that Murray can pull off this OVC tournament uh, champion. They have a good shot. They only have to win two games because they get a double bye and they're the two seed. Now the one seed in the OVC is Belmont. Uh, the game is in the game is in Evansville. They're the, like I said, they're the two seed. So if they can get two wins, the tournament's going to be a lot better if John Morant's in it. Yeah, but I think even if they don't win that, I think they've got a chance to get in. But it's like you said, control your own destiny. Yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be really tough, though, if they don't. Because I think right now they're on the first four out. Are they? Yeah, so I don't Which think... they're usually don't, pretty close on those, by the way. Yeah, I don't think a one win in the OVC tournament is going to put them in a tournament. No, especially if you have a bad loss. I mean, that's definitely not going to help them. No, so, I, I mean, I think that he could have a Steph Curry-type tournament. Because if he gets hot, man... I mean, there's not many. There's there's not anyone in the nation that could stop him if he gets hot. No, but that's the thing. Part of that reason is because he's a facilitator too. Yeah. So he does not have to score, you know, forty a game to control the outcome of a game. But when he is scoring forty, you're probably in for a long night because that just means he's got everything else going too. Absolutely, because I mean, he's already he's averaging twenty five and pretty much eleven assists. Yeah. That's that right there is forty seven points. Just by himself that he's doing, and that's if you're only hitting two-point shots that he's assisting on. Right, and that's not counting any where they miss and go to the free-throw line, anything like that. It's like we said, he dominates the ball from beginning to end, so that helps those statistics, but still, it's impressive. Yeah, so I'm sticking with college in my lock of the week again this year, or this week. Okay. We both go. We both are uh, another win, 5-4. and four. We're back above 500. Which I got lucky. Let's be 100% real. I took John Jones over Anthony Smith, and that was a big favorite. And during that fight, John Jones threw a knee that was an illegal let me, knee. Let, let me ask you a question. Did it seem like, and you may seem like, or you may say, yeah, that was blatantly obvious. He got in his head, and he just got frustrated and said, you know, screw this. I'm just going to try to hit him with one hit and knock him out. I could see how you could think that, but this is what really happened. There's different rules depending on the states. MMA is still a new sport. It's classified as a sport. And so depending what state they're fighting in, the laws and regulations change a little bit. In this case, it has to do with his knee being down and how much weight he is carrying. Well, I think on his they said hand. his hand was down too. Yeah. yeah. So if the knee is down, he for sure can't do it. In this case, his knee was up. It looked like he was about ready to stand up. So what usually happens is Anthony Smith, who is what you call posting on his hand, he's putting his weight on his hand, is going to push off of that hand and stand up. So Jones's timing, as soon as his fingertips are a tap off the ground, He's throwing that knee and knocking the dude into the next century. I don't know if you remember this, but I showed you the Eric Anders fight, who he used to uh, 
play football at Alabama, but as soon as the dude stands up and takes his hand off the ground, he kicks him in the face, and it, I mean, it's fight over at that point. So it wasn't dirty in the sense of he's trying to be malicious. It was dirty in the fact that it broke the rules in that state, unfortunately. I was glad to see Smith say, yeah, I'm good to keep fighting, because he could have said, no, I'm not, and then won the title. And then hearing him after the fight say, I, I know I could have won the title if I just said, hey, no, I'm not good to go, but I didn't want to win like that. It's amazing, though. I'm telling you, like, in, in my head, like, he just got his bell rung. That's your way out. He's fighting potentially the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. You're getting ready to get a championship belt. This is everything that he's worked for. I'm with you. I, I was glad to see the fight continue on, but, man, that changes the fight right there I, for see, sure. here's the thing. I don't think anyone blames him if he says, no, I'm not good to go. Because no. they, Because th- what if he's not? Well, and give him an automatic rematch if he wants to. Like, I bet you that sold a decent amount of tickets. I know Jones is saying that he wants some time off now before he comes back. But that fight was a lot better than the Usman-Woodley fight. That was a little bit of a snooze fest, so... I think, yeah, I would have been okay seeing it either way, and I wouldn't have blamed him either way. To see him have, you know, his nickname is the Lionheart, and he pretty much showed it straight out to see him have that kind of will to continue on. I'm telling you, a shot like that, man, that changes your night real quickly. John Jones pulled me back in a little bit, I got to say, because he was starting to lose me with all the stuff that he had been doing with the drug tests and all that stuff. He was starting to lose me because I used to love John Jones. Yeah, and he was starting to lose me with all that drug test, failing drug test after every fight, and it seemed like and hitting people with cars and stuff. But when he gave him that respect and said, you know, before anything, you know, that guy legitimately pointed out to me why he has his nickname. Yeah, and he's like that guy was a great fighter and all that stuff. And then, I mean, Joe Rogan said it a couple of times. Jones may be the best heavyweight fighter ever. Not just right now. Light he may be heavyweight. The, light, he may be the yeah. best light heavyweight fighter ever. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else who's even in that conversation. I think, like you said, too, I like what Jones is doing. I saw another video where this is a thing people don't understand. After these fights, they're they're going to separate locker rooms, but they're all having to do media. Like, they're typically going to cross paths again. And after the fight, he, he saw Smith again, too, and, and they both – paid each other respects and were like hey man we got to have a drink sometime and uh, Jones is like keep working come back and and Smith looks him dead in the eyes and it's man to man and he just got his rear end kicked by the dude and goes oh you know we'll we'll see I'll see you again at some point it's like man that's you know there's some tense moments but back to the Jones thing I think Jones struggled with his identity man and you and I can understand this from you know being around you know religion and and I, I am, you know, a big advocate of all that stuff. But I think he was trying to play the religion card, but maybe he wasn't as religious as what, you know, some people would be. So he struggled with that identity, and they were trying to market him as the golden boy, and, and that, unfortunately, was not the case. So now he's kind of embraced his flaws and said, listen, you don't have to be a perfect guy to say that you are religious. And that's what I like to see because he's been pretty honest about all of his mistakes. I don't like somebody saying, you know, hey, this was somebody else's fault. He takes ownership of it all, and hopefully he's moving forward. But I wouldn't be shocked if he had more mistakes in the future. Yeah. So I'm going with an off-the-wall lock of the week this week. Okay. I'm going back to Louisville's old conference, 
and one of Louisville's old rivals with this one. Mm. And people may be surprised on who I'm going to take in this one. Yeah. You got UCF and you have Cincinnati. Okay. Both ranked teams, surprisingly, in the American. Cincinnati at 20, UCF at 25. Playing at Central Florida. Central Florida, two and a half point favorite. Give me Cincinnati. I like it. Give me Cincinnati covered. Well, and that's another team you're talking about, local teams that you like better in the tournament. I'd throw Cincinnati in there. No. No, not no. so much. Mick Cronin's a turd sandwich. I cannot stand Mick Cronin. I think they need to get Yancey Gates on their uh, coaching squad just in case any punches need to be thrown again. Yeah, in case anybody needs to be zipped up again. I, I really can't stand Mick Cronin. I know Mick Cronin got us two of our, uh, you know, Faces of the 2000s and in, in Louisville basketball with Taekwon Dean and Francisco Garcia, but I honestly cannot stand Mick Cronin. He's an angry little man. He is, man. He just and it's not because we have Chris Mack. I disliked him before we got Chris Mack because those two guys don't like each other at all. I just don't like the way Mick Cronin carries himself. I think he's a turd. Like that's the nicest way that I could put it. Is he's a turd. Yeah, there's a little bit of arrogance to his walk. I, I mean, I, I like confidence in everything, and and obviously he's got a decent resume. But I wouldn't say I'm a huge Mick Cronin fan. I, I definitely wouldn't say I'm a Mick Cronin hater, though. Yeah, somewhere in between there. So, so you were struggling a little bit with your lack of the week, man. There, unfortunately, there's only two NBA games tomorrow night, which blew me away because both of them are nationally televised on TNT. And they were both games that, as far as the spread, you got Milwaukee and Indiana playing at Milwaukee, and then you've got Portland and OKC playing at Portland. And both of the spreads are kind of wishy-washy to me where I didn't feel like one was favored. OKC's lost five out of their last six, and, and Portland has been playing decent lately. So I said, all right, forget all that, right? I'm going back to college basketball. I wish there was a fight I could pick because I feel like I'm much better at the fight (laughs) picks. But we actually referenced this one earlier, and I did not tell you what my lock of the week was going to be intentionally so I could see this reaction. But Illinois is a two-point favorite. I saw this, and I almost took it. Over Indiana, and Illinois has been playing really well lately uh, as far as late in the season. They're a different team now. But IU needs this win. So I'm going out on this limb. It's the 15 and 14 limb, my friend. And I'm going to take Indiana. I'm going to say they're going to go ahead and win the game. But I'll take the two points with them, too, since they're the underdogs. Um, But this will be a much-needed game for the Hoosiers. That 15 and 14 limbs about as flimsy as your mic stand over there. (laughs) Already fallen three or four times. Yes, that's... Ooh, man, you're, again, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're going out on a limb, and I like it. That's what this lock of the week thing is about. Yeah, and there were some fun ones. The Lehigh Army game was another one I looked at, by the way. I got Lehigh in that one, but but this is the one I'm choosing as my lock of the week. Let's be honest, though. Were you only taking Lehigh because of C.J. McCollum? No, I mean, Lehigh, well, actually it had nothing to do with C.J., but that's where I'm from. So, yes, there was hometown bias involved, for sure. Um, Fair enough. But, yeah, Army is trash, and Lehigh is subpar. So <laughs> it equated out to a Lehigh victory. But my, my lock of the week is going to be IU. So for all you Hoosier fans who have given me crud over the last couple of weeks for keeping it real, 
you know, if you guys do lose this game, my reputation is on the line here. So just keep that in mind. You, yeah, you think you think he's been giving you all crap the past couple of weeks. Just make sure you tune in if they do blow this. Hey, man, all they got to do is win. We're all good. Yeah, all they got to do they is win. win. If they win, but here's the thing, though, man. They lose. <laughs> I'm personally calling every single one of my IU fans in my phone and, and just going to leave an unfriendly all, voicemail. All three of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, two and a half. Yeah. I, I could think of two off. I could think of three. I got three in the top of my head, but yeah, it'll be interesting. So sticking to the big conferences, Big 12. Right. We are finally seeing a different regular season champion in the Big 12. Thank you for dethroning Kansas. A little bit of parody. Yes. And here's the thing. I need Kansas State to step up. Because I said it before the season started. They're the sleeper. If they win the Big 12, then I will look like a genius. So I need Kansas State to to step it up. I'll take Texas Tech then. I I mean, here's the other thing that I want to talk about. Bringing up Texas Tech in this, because Texas Tech will most likely win the Big 12. Because Texas Tech is a very solid team. I I know we were back and forth on them earlier in the season, but I think they've shown that they've kind of withstood the test of time. Yeah. I, I could see how you could say that. After looking more and more at that list, I don't know how Chris Beard's not the runaway favorite for the coach of the year. I mean, what he's done with them this year, after losing arguably one of their best players in school history. They're on an eight-game win streak right now. Yeah. I, I could see how you say that, but once again, it comes back to our conversation we had, like what is your criteria in that conversation? So I, I don't think there's ever, when you see something like that and you see a winner or a front runner, I'm always like, how do you argue against that? What's your argument against that? So I think there has to be one winner. Somebody is going to get snubbed. He might be the guy this year. I, that's the thing, though. I mean, you lose, like I said, you lose one of the best players in your school history and Zaire Smith. I know he was there only one year, but that dude was a beast. Right. You lose him to the NBA, everyone's writing you off again, you're not ranked preseason, and now you're, what, top ten? French top ten? I think you're. I think they are ten. And you're either going to win or you're going to come in second of the Big 12. Right. For the first time in 14 years, it's going to be someone other than Kansas. Which isn't as good as what it once was, but it's still, I no. mean, in conversation for – Probably fourth, in my opinion, best conference. I probably got ACC one. I probably got Big Ten two, SEC three, and Big Twelve four. Where's the Pac twelve? Uh, they're I'd say they're about twelfth <laughs> potentially. Pac twelve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got another thing because someone Uh-oh. brought up a good point. I want to go to it after this, but um, but going back to the coach of the year thing with this. I'm not hearing this Calipari thing anymore with the coach of the year. Why? Because you why? don't think he can be in the conversation, though. No, I don't think he should be in the conversation. I don't think Shashevsky should be in the conversation. I don't think uh, Roy Wayne. I don't think any of the top five teams that are still in the top five should be in the conversation unless they're undefeated. Yeah, but that shows you me what your criteria is then, because I it's think- a coach of the year. It's not hey who stabilized their who who just ran par. Do you consider recruiting as coaching? This isn't recruiter of the year. This is coach of the year. I know, but part of coaching is getting the people to come there. You're absolutely opinion. right, but let's take a look at Shaka Smart. What about him? Shaka Smart's a great recruiter, but what's he doing in Texas? Not winning games. Exactly. So, to me, recruiting is just a part of it. 
Yeah, I you agree. Had, I'm not saying it's 100%, but I'm saying if you've got the recruits like you just said and you're not winning, you're not in this conversation. Yeah. So Calipari, after losing, and this, once again, should not be the criteria, but you lose that first game of the season, you get your rear end handed to you. Yeah. They could have folded and said, all right, there goes our season, but no. They came back. They got better. They lost the player who I thought was a good player, and it's, once again, addition by subtraction. I think they have to be in the conversation, or Calipari has to be in the conversation. But here's the thing, because the line that that was brought up to me was, how is it his fault that we were overrated? That goes right back to your recruiting thing. You can't say, well, look, isn't that recruiting part of his job? And then say, well, maybe those recruits are overrated. You can't use both sides of that argument. I definitely wouldn't have argued with saying that you're overrated, too. That's like... No, I want I want to use that argument, but I I think recruiting is definitely part of coaching, and, and I think that's not I I could see how you would lean towards a guy who was an unexpected pick more so yeah. than the other, but if if that's the case, like there's I would say Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tennessee. Maybe. Tennessee was no, top no, no, five. No, 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 but I'm saying there's teams every year who would never be in that conversation. For well, not necessarily, because here's the thing. If you're a top five team, and let's say uh, uh, Kentucky, what was it, uh, 14-15, when they lost to Duke and, or Wisconsin in the Final Four, 38-0. Yeah. To me, Kyle Perry was the coach of the year. You're undefeated. You yes, you're preseason number one or two, but you were undefeated. So you need them to go undefeated. If you're preseason top five and you're just there because the other teams maybe aren't as good, that that, that to me doesn't say hey you're a coach of the year. Uh, has this is my question to you? And once again, I I don't think. I'm having good conversation. I don't personally think Calipari is the guy who jumps off that list the most to me, but I think he has to be in the conversation. But they've got five losses on their schedule. Mm-hmm. They've got a loss to Duke. They've got Tennessee. Yep. Well, that's their two okay losses, and LSU. That's their three okay losses. But avoiding all of that, have and this could be criteria. This could not be. Has anybody on that team gotten substantially better or worse, in your opinion? Has anyone gotten better? I think uh, Hagen's has gotten better because of uh, Quade Green being gone. Well, I wouldn't because say that's he's the only reason. But, but he, he's getting so more he's getting minutes. yeah he's getting more minutes, so he's getting to play through his mistakes. Uh, yeah, I think Quick, Quickly's in that mix too. I think Harrow's gotten better. Or Tyler Hero, however you say his name, I think Hero's gotten better. Uh, I think Kelton Johnson's, I think Kelton Johnson's played the way we thought he should. Yeah, I mean he's he's a projected lottery pick. Yeah, I don't think Kelton Johnson's really got better or worse. I think he's just playing how we thought he should. Washington better. Washington's been playing like this the entire season. I don't think Washington's gotten better or worse. I think he's been because if you look at him at the beginning of the yeah. season, he was really one of the only bright spots in that Duke game. I'd agree he's been playing well all season, but in from last year to this year. So in my opinion, the summertime is involved with player developmental. Yeah. But how much of that goes to the player and how much of that goes to the coach? Are you but, saying more in college? Does that go more towards coaching? I think 60-40. And then in the NBA it goes the opposite, 60-40 player? I'd agree 100%. I'd say even maybe less in the NBA because it, it's more in the NBA. You're not going to make a player better. You're going to implement a system that would allow, which can happen in college too. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say maybe even 70-30 yeah. NBA player compared to coach. Like if, if I had to name my coaches of the year, I'd say Buffalo's coach would be in there. Okay. I would say Beard is in there. 
I would have said Mac if we hadn't had this slide. Yeah, just because, can't. yeah. I, but after the after reading over, I, I took I'm taking Mac out of the list even as a Louisville fan. But if we hadn't had this slide, I would say Mac would be in there. But yeah. with this slide, I don't think you can have him in there. Well, Tennessee might be on that list as well, too. Tennessee's top five preseason. No, but I'm saying of falling off the list. Rick Barnes might have fallen off the list. I wouldn't have had Rick Barnes in there anyway. Right, but I'm just saying for everybody else nationally, he he might have been the front runner before that UK game. See, and that's where I'm saying I don't know how you can have anyone over Beard with just what he's done. I, I, yeah, but look at Tennessee's losses. Tennessee's only losses are to all top 15 teams. You've you got, got Kansas, LSU, Kentucky, LSU. Yeah, and, that's yeah. it. 27-3. And, yeah, they were ranked well before the year. And, yes, they have good teams. But I here, still think Rick but Barnes here, here's my question. Here's my big question. Yeah. What's their good wins outside of that Kentucky win? U of L. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid. I gave it a solid win earlier. Yeah, so you have Gonzaga. A, that's a really good win. Yeah. So that's two really good wins and then a solid win. Yeah. They they don't have a ton of other Florida twice. You've got a couple of other SEC teams. I just I I don't think LSU has kind of shut me up. But I don't really it's a three-team race in that conference for me. Yeah, I, I don't think they have much outside of that. You go to old, but Kentucky when you say on, race, you're thinking of first place. That's, I'm thinking of good teams, like a team that I could say that team could actually kind of contend and maybe make a Elite Eight, Final Four. The Ole Miss team intrigues me because they've lost a lot of close games. If if they have three or four different plays on a couple of games. Like, that's a team that wins. I, I don't think they're the greatest team in the world. I think they're definitely on the way up. I think they made a great hire uh, with getting what's that, Kermit Davis from uh, Middle Tennessee. I yeah. think that was a great hire by them. And I think what he's doing this year has shown that. Granted, he's a dadgummit guy, I'd say. Absolutely. I, I, I need to talk to my buddy Ray. He actually got red carpet treatment and was – you know, got to meet him and went to the game last night. And I know it had to be Ooh. tough because he's a huge U.K. fan, but he wasn't allowed to wear U.K. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of wonder, you know, I want to kind of pick his brain if he got to – because I know he got to talk to Kermit Davis because I was texting with him. He's like, yeah, I actually just got done talking to him. I wonder if he told him he was a U.K. fan. I, I, I wonder if that's stuff that he mentions. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're there. It, they were on his guest list to go to the game. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. Yeah, is that is no. that something you bring up the night before you go into this game? Nothing good comes of that. Uh, you got to go to shoot around, got to go to everything. It was pretty man. cool to see. Heck yeah! So it's definitely something I need to pick his brain about because I, th- I think it'd be cool to hear the inside stuff with that kind of. With or that you kind can of thing. either pick his brain or next time pick his pocket for those tickets. I'd be okay with either. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to get Ray on here. I think Ray would have a, have great conversation as well. It's just tough to get him. Scheduling. scheduling because he's he lives down near Nashville in um, where Middle Tennessee is. I can't think of what it's called. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Yeah, he lives down near Murfreesboro. So it's tough to get him up here. His wife comes up once a month for uh, the army, and but and when he comes up, he's most of the time seeing his family or they're doing date nights because they have family to watch the kids. So right. it's tough to get Ray away from the family. One day for sure, though, I think we'll be able to get on. Absolutely. He listens. That's something Good. cool. So it's it's something cool to get him to listen, and it'd be great to have him on because I think he'd definitely be a great mind to, to have on here. Well, that's great. Everybody who's listening, that's the reason why we do this. Like, we're not sitting here talking. I mean, I can only speak for myself. You and I have these conversations off air. But as far as putting them on a podcast, we're not sitting here putting in 
and all the effort that we do just to have nobody listen. So no. we're, we're grateful of all that. Absolutely. So the other thing that I wanted to mention, okay, uh, this was a question that was posed on the radio. Okay. And I don't really think it involves much research. That's why I don't really care about asking it. But... <laughs> Because, you know, I don't want to ask you a question that we didn't really talk about putting on here and then it, it involved research and you're like, oh. I think sometimes those are the best, though, not the involving research, yeah. but I like the spur of the moment things. Should, okay, should the Pac-12 add Gonzaga, yes or no, and should Gonzaga accept the invitation? Okay, so that was going to be my question to you. Should Pac-12 invite Gonzaga to join yes. their conference 100% positively? They've got a lot of exposure publicly. Um, they're, they're a well-known team. They're in the vicinity of some of those other teams that are there. Everything would say yes, and that's only going to boost their conference. If you're Gonzaga, do you accept that? That's where it gets a little interesting. I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to look at it as this year and the answer of it this year being no. But in the future, do you want to be a part of a conference that they're in right now and have the continued success that they're having? Or do you want to take a step up and potentially compete for a national championship? Well, see, here's the thing. They've already made it to a national championship. Correct. Being- I remember the team who beat them. I, I try to zone that part out. Yeah. But here's the thing. Should the Pac-12 offer them? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, you would be dumb not to. Any conference would be dumb not to add them. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I you have so. a perennial blue blood for the past 20 years. I mean, pretty much since 99, they've been a pretty much staple near one seed or close up to that well-known coach school that does not get in a lot of trouble they've got a wide variety of recruits coming in from different countries i mean i I don't see any reason why you wouldn't ask them no here's the thing if i'm gonzaga absolutely not (laughs) not a chance one there's one team inside the top 30 if you look at the net rankings when it comes to the pac-12 that's washington or in the, actually top 40, and they're like 35. What does that do for you? Granted, yes, it's only this year because normally Arizona's not this bad. Normally UCLA's not this bad. Oregon's not normally this bad. But here's the thing. What's that going to do? Mark Few has had chance after chance to go and be a coach at somewhere else. True. If I'm Mark Few, I'm like, no. I stay here because I like what Gonzaga is. And I, this is where I want to be. I didn't. Go, I didn't come here to go and play in a Pac-12 conference. This is we stack our, the front end of our of our schedule, and then the last part of it is where I hone in for the tournament. Well, and that's what they've done well. It's like you said, they've got a recipe. So if they're just going blindly into it, I'd say that's different. But you look at the teams that they've played, who are big name teams. Um, I, I think they've got a good recipe going because. Their in-season schedule, as far as in-conference, is not very impressive. Yeah, I mean, this year you had, what, Duke on there. You had uh, UL. Tennessee. You had Tennessee. So, I mean, that's three top five teams. Right. And that's why I said you've got to have it. it you've, you've got to have a strategy. If you're going to be in a conference like that, we've seen it time and time again where you get snubbed or you get a lower seed. I mean, they're going to be right in the mix for a high seed this year. Yeah, I, I mean, they're probably going to get the number one overall. If, if Virginia loses, they probably get the number one overall seed. If they lose. Yeah, that's I, I the mean, thing. Even if, if Virginia they, loses. If they lose in uh, the conference, 
I mean, tournament at all, do you think they still do? Who, Gonzaga? Yeah. I don't think Gonzaga loses in the conference tournament. Their conference. No, no, no. I, my bad. I'm saying if Virginia loses in the ACC conference, you still think? Depending on where and how, I if see. that makes sense. If they lose in the yeah. championship and they lose off a of buzzer beater to Duke, I think you still probably got to give it to what, the Virginia. Sometimes it can be good and bad to go deep in those tournaments. Like I never, you you never know until the season's over. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. But I, I'm not mad if Carolina gets put out early in those. Usually, I wouldn't mind Louisville putting Carolina out. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that at all. But I told it gives you, us I another think, good win. I think you all are looking to up your seed and get because it's like I told you. I, I don't think in the NCAA tournament this year. I don't think you want an eight and a nine seed, and I don't think you want a seven or a ten seed. Mainly the seven seed. I think you want a ten seed. But so seven, eight, nine, you want to avoid if possible, and I think you all can do that with a good run in the ACC tournament. I'm not. I mean, there's one seed that I fear. I don't want to play you all. I don't want to play Duke when Zion's healthy. Um, I don't want to play Virginia. And this is the other thing, man. We may have three one seeds from the ACC. Yeah, I don't think so, but there sh- probably should be. I mean, there's a good chance that we do. I think it's just the bias that goes into it. Like, they're not – what would every other conference say and what would every Here, – Here's the thing, though. Who who would you put right. – let's say North Carolina makes that deep run and Duke only loses because Zion doesn't play. But right. you know Zion's going to be back for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but to me that's not – like, I know there's been a lot of talk about that. It, you If you don't play, you, these losses still count as losses to me. Yeah. Well, even I, if I they do, what that gives them four losses, five losses at the most? Yeah, and you're playing in the best basketball conference in college basketball? I mean, you're still a Two one Two wins seat. over Virginia, yeah. that's the one thing I'd argue. Like, that'd yeah. be my argument. Two wins over Virginia. Granted, it was the first game of the season, but a 30-point drumming of Kentucky. Yeah. Duke has four losses right now. Yeah. So, if, if North Carolina beats them Saturday and then they lose in the tournament, they'd that's have six. six losses. Right. So, there's a – Here's the thing. Let's say North Carolina beats – let's say you all beat Duke Saturday. Right. Then Zion comes back and play, wins in the tournament. Then they win the tournament. But you all are close, and you all lose to them in the conference championship. Right. That's got to be three one seeds there. I'm, I'm not arguing against it. I, I think they deserve three one seeds. I'm just saying I, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. But it's also going to hinge on what Kentucky and Tennessee do. For because sure. if Kentucky and t- if Kentucky and Tennessee do, you're not going to push Gonzaga out. So it's going to be tough. I can't, that's that's why I love the tournament, man. There's so many things to talk about before you even right. throw the ball up. Well, it's like you said. I do think Gonzaga pretty much has locked down a one seed. Yeah, no matter I what. think Gonzaga and Virginia are the two locks right now. If they win, spec you know speculation is they will win their tournament. If Gonzaga wins that tournament, you pretty much have to put them there. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I I think even if they lose, but I don't think they will. I think even if they lose, they they lose that's going to be a bad loss. Think about it. Who else yeah. is in their conference who you would even want to have a loss on your resume to? <laughs> nobody. 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 Yeah, nobody. It's Yeah, Carolina has five losses, so I'd probably say, you know, and I know you'll be surprised by this, but if Carolina loses, you know, probably that would be the team that would have, you know, probably come out of the one seed. I don't. I don't ever really get surprised when you talk like that because I, I feel like you're a pretty level-headed fan when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, it's you, real. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I, I didn't even really think about the SEC because, I really, to be honest with you, not because I don't really like the conference. I don't think the Big Ten has a shot at getting a one seed. 
I just don't. No. With, with Michigan State losing to Indiana the other day, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot of doing that. Well, and I think Michigan was the team that should, like as far as talent, depth, coaching, coaching might be the question. No, I like Beeline. But I think that's a team who should have had a one seed. I mean, it looked like they were going towards it. It yeah. definitely looked like they were going towards it, and they fell apart quick. Yep. Well, that's one of the losses on Carolina's resume, and so maybe that has something to do with it once again. I told you, when you, when you see teams like that, how much credit do you give them there? I don't, I don't know. That's a team I don't want to see again in the tournament. I mean, you. here's the thing, though, man. Has, has Michigan has Michigan ship sailed this year? It kind of feels like it has. I mean, it, yeah, they could still make somewhat of noise, but – I don't know. I don't think it's sale. I, I think, obviously, you want to be playing your best basketball at the right time. I think they've got the correct pieces to be a good team. They've got a good point guard who's not going to turn the ball over a decent amount. He's a good defender. He's not a good shooter or scorer. He's got Braz Dacus, who I told you, that's one of my favorite players in college basketball right now. Who's apparently really ugly, according to the fans the other day. Uh-oh. Yeah, you didn't hear that? No. You hear the fans chanting, you're ugly when you're shooting free throws? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, that's, you got to have a better chant than that. I mean. I don't know. It's pretty blunt and to the point. Well, and if he's, uh, you know, one of those guys who something like that would affect him, then. He I made both that. free throws and had like 30 points. I don't really think it affected him. No. <laughs> well, he's, he's Canadian, too. And I'm telling you, this is the other thing I was thinking about before. Man, all these international teams and stuff, like we we better be as as Americans, we better be watching out because I think the level of basketball overseas has not caught up to American basketball, but it's knocking on the door heavily. And what I'm afraid is going to happen is they're not gonna keep knocking. They're gonna kick it down at some point. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and ruin geography for you. Canada is not overseas; it's just just north, <laughs> just north. I didn't, I didn't mean. Yeah, I shouldn't have said overseas. That's that's a hundred percent my fault. <laughs> not, I would take that blame. Not not over. I mean, you could maybe Lake Michigan is over a sea, but it's not a sea. It's that's a lake. three solid players though from from Canada right now that are young. Oh man, with. Brostakis, Barrett, and uh, Wiggins. And Canada didn't even make, think about it, as far as the last Olympic game, Canada didn't even make it. So. And you also got to think, man, you got that beast in Anthony Bennett, too. <laughs> <laughs> that one is home. From Canada. <laughs> now in the G League. Yeah, yeah, monster. I'm surprised he's even in the G League. Hey, he had a good game earlier this I, year. Yeah, I did see that. It, but notice you said that in singular, not plural. Good game. Yeah, he had a good game this year. Yeah, he wasn't exactly what they expected, but he also, I don't know. He wasn't even close to what they expected. Let's not be nice no. about it. And he was not even about close. Michigan ship sailing, though. They only have four losses on the year, and Michigan State is not a bad loss. Uh, Wisconsin is not a bad loss. The bad loss is Penn State. <laughs> That's a bad loss. Terrible loss. Yeah. Which they've been playing a lot better late in the season, like Illinois. But, but yeah, you, you can't lose to Penn State. So. so you know what time it is now. I do. It's power move time. My favorite time it's, of the day. It's the new segment, and it's become both of our favorite segments. And hopefully a crowd favorite as well, too. I'm hoping so. I live my life by the power move method. Absolutely. We saw your boy, the, your, your first power move. We went to see Trinity play the other day and absolutely we just – kick in Ballard's teeth. Yeah, I didn't see a game. It, it, no. uh, 
it was tough to watch, to be honest. Yeah. But I was a little disappointed, too. He didn't have his visor on. He did not. He I was, would say his power level was down a couple of I notches. I didn't even see the ring. Oh, he had the ring. I could see. I checked for sure to make sure he had the <laughs> ring. Right hand, just like before. I'm sure when he was shaking everybody's hands, he was, you know, double clasping. But, yeah. Like the deacon from church. You know, it's double clasping <laughs> the hand. Yeah. My, I'm going to take my power move first. Okay. Because I'll be honest with you, man. If you tell me your power move, I thought yours was better. Well, but, we're not grading here. It's all about power moves. Because we're grading. My power move, my guy graded out A+. Plus. My power move of the week is DK Metcalf. Right. Well, so go in detail in case anybody DK doesn't know DK Metcalf is. is a six foot three, two 228-pound wide receiver. Some would say my twin. <laughs> yeah. A couple inches shorter. I yeah. know that's what you were thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Right. He's a six foot three, two hundred and twenty eight pound wide receiver from Ole Miss. Who not only is humongous and is an absolute cut up freak. Yeah. Read a four three three forty at the combine. Which I was shocked at. I did not know he was that fast. No. But we didn't see a ton of him this year, so I guess that that's to my credit. But not only did he do that, I mentioned he's 228 pounds. Did 27 reps on the bench press, which is 225 pounds. Poof. He also had a 40. So that's basically his weight. Yeah. I mean, he's bench pressing his own Absolutely. weight. Absolutely. You throw three more pounds times. on there, it's not going to be a big deal to him. No. He threw it up 27 times. It's not going to be. You could have probably went 250, and he probably could have thrown it up 10, 15 times. Man. Just to throw it in perspective. Not only did he do those two, 40 and a half inch vertical. Right. Which for a wide receiver, I don't I don't know if you've if you've seen they jump a lot. <laughs> kind of important. Just to just to give you a little bit of a comparison. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, 6 foot 3, 215 pounds. It's a good one cuz a lot of our local fans have seen him in person. Yeah. Six foot three, two hundred twenty, two hundred fifteen pounds. Yeah, exact same vertical. And we've seen some exact, fantastic things come out of Donovan. exact same vertical. So now you throw that on a six foot three, two hundred twenty eight pound frame, and a guy that's going up to get a football. Right. Good luck. Well, it'll be Good interesting luck. to see how high he goes too, because I, I don't know where they have him exactly projected, but. There's been a lot of talk about him, so somebody might take that risk on him. Bring him to New England. Well, speaking about New England, this is not my power move, but it is also a power move. Tom Brady has a better cone and 20-yard shuttle, three-cone drill and 20-yard shuttle drill than what DK has. Twinkle toes Tom, baby. So my one argument against him would be if he's running straight line, get out the way, but if he's got to make a cut, you could be there for a while, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so we'll go. We'll go to my power move. I think that's a great one, and I think that dude's been talked about a ton, and he's a freak of nature. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him to be honest, because like the hype is so high around him. You and I both know there's slim to none chance that he's going to live up to it. So hopefully, he can do all right and have a good career. My power move is actually related to some of the topics that we talked about tonight. And everybody remembers Zion Williamson blowing through his shoe against North Carolina. And with the North Carolina I never game, even heard about that. No, you didn't see it? No. I'll show you a picture after. But uh, with the North Carolina game coming up against Saturday, there's been some interesting talk going around about it. And a company by the name of Skechers, I think 
<laughs> some, some of you guys Skechers. might have heard of Skechers. Yeah. Man. Yeah, classy shoe there. I didn't even know they still made shoes. Oh man, they're they're bad, and they've got a lot of big name sponsors now, though. But but still, they're they're not a good shoe. I'm not condoning this in any form of fashion, Skechers. But Skechers took out ads in USA Today and New York Times, and I'm not talking about little ones, but I'm talking about big ones. Posted on their Instagram, and the interesting thing was somehow they had an exact replica or the exact shoe that Zion was wearing because I looked and analyzed where the tear was and everything and it looked identical they discolored the shoe so instead of being white and blue they made it white and gray and nike is notoriously known for their just do it campaign right when you think of nike you think of just do it all Skechers said on the ad was just blew it. <laughs> you want to talk about a power move. You're taking shots at the biggest and the baddest in your industry, and you're showing their flaws, and you're taking their own slogan, whatever you want to call it, and putting their little spin on it. I loved it, and I thought it was hilarious, and I would never buy a pair of Skechers, so it didn't help me buy it, but <laughs> but we're talking about it right now, so it was good marketing. I bought my niece a pair of Skechers. They're so. the ones with the lights on the bottom, right? No, they were just Dang. multicolored. No, see, you're messing up. When you're talking about little if I'm kids... I'm buying light-up shoes, I'm only buying LA Gears. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, but these are not... I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I like LA Gears, but these aren't your kids... And so, therefore, like, at nighttime, you don't have to worry about them running around in the house and that light giving you a big headache. So, since it's your brother's, bro, you better just get them a couple of pair of light-up shoes or singing shoes if they have them. Oh, man, no, because here's the thing, man. I plan on having kids in the future as well. So, payback. Exactly. You want to kind of give them as nice as gifts as you can, but also, like... That's a nice gift. I know it's not. It's a nice. The kids love it. It's like buying somebody a horse, I guess. The, yeah, the kid will love it, but they say that's probably not a good gift. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard anyone talk about giving a horse as a gift, whether it's good or bad. That's the go-to, man. They say that's the worst. The only other thing you could get them that could be in that conversation is a boat. Yeah, that's because as soon as you buy a boat, you it immediately the best two days of buying right. is buying a boat and selling a boat is what they always say. Yep, I've heard it as well. <laughs> yeah, so it, super super good power move though. I I'll dig that one. I like it. I appreciate that. I I was very intrigued by it when I saw it, and, and then to see that it was in USA Today and New York Times. I mean, those those aren't cheap. No, not at all. Speaking of not cheap, it's time for my beef. That's and not cheap at all. It's not cheap when I talk about this. My beef is with the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers have had two straight losing seasons. <laughs> That's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. Uh, it is funny. <laughs> two straight losing seasons, and you're raising the season ticket prices? Well, what are they? I mean, do we know what they were and what they're raising them to at yes. all? Yes. I happen. Jump, jump, I happen to. Knowledge I happen to write this down. Okay. And when you hear this, this I don't and when know. you hear this, you're gonna be like, "That's not that much." But then when I end with what I'm gonna end with, you're gonna be like, "All right, okay. that could add up over time." Okay. So the preseason only goes up one to two dollars. Okay. Well, how much are? Do you know how much preseason tickets? They were. Are on they average? were like twenty-two bucks in different areas, and they had it broken down for each area. But see, I just wrote down how much each ticket went up. Yeah, I see it. So the preseason went up one to two dollars. Okay. End zone, yeah, end zone. Now the rest of these figures are just regular season games. Okay. End zone seats each up two dollars. 
Is that the seat you want in an NFL game? No, right? You want you want at the you want in bet- line. you want in between the twenties. I would say okay, in between the twenties. Yeah, uh, end zones each up two dollars. South end zone seven hundred level up six dollars. Okay, end zone the twenty yard line up six dollars. Is this per game you're saying, right? This is per game. So if they've got per game per seven ticket. home games a year or eight? Eight. Eight home games eight game. a year. So, yeah. And unless you play overseas in Canada or Mexico. <laughs> overseas? No, I'm never going to let that down. So end zone to 20-yard line up $6. Yeah. South end zone 600 level up $2. Okay. Between the 20-yard lines up $6. Now. You may say, well, that's not really that much. No, it's like 30 bucks. That's like $50 a person. Yeah, it depends on ticket. what seat you're getting. Here's where you lose me even more. Okay. This is the 10th straight season they've raised their low, their season ticket prices. Yeah. Come on, man. You all lost. You have a, two, a losing record two straight years. Yeah. And then you said supply and demand. What's the, the supply? What are they supplying? Losses? The supply is they're supplying seats, my friend. And the demand is that they're selling out of those the seats. The demand is that they win a game and go to the playoffs. Well, That I'm should sure, be the demand. I'm sure they're hoping for that as well, too. But, it, it, the, but excuse me. I'm stuttering. Um, NFL teams and NBA teams and any other professional sports league, you got to understand, are a business. And so we look at them as fans, and, and we look at them in a certain perspective. But at their core roots, they're just a business. So merchandising, um, their food and beverages, their seat, you know. We, did, didn't you used to play, what was it, Madden, that you could change all that on? Yeah, that? and I, you know what? I never raised ticket prices. I always raised the food prices. <laughs> the food. you got to get them in there to get them to get the food. Yep. That's why you're not thinking. And you can't have the food in there. like, a, Or you can't bring food in. Like, no. I like to bring waters into basketball games. DJ's on a streak right now. i got to give him credit. I'm on a hot streak. What are you, four games in a row? Three games in a row? Yep, four games in a row. With and, bringing a water bottle into the game? And there's no, I mean, it's not trying to avoid them. It's not hiding it. It's, it's walking with it in my hand, just chest out, shoulders up. <laughs> I got this water bottle. Oh, I'm out here peacocking, bro. Yeah, he just just walking right in. But here's the other thing, man. Okay. You you're raising the prices. And what's been a huge discussion and not just in football. What's been a huge discussion when it when it comes to sports lately? I was going to say injuries, but in sports, I don't know. What, what low you... attendance? Okay. Why raise ticket prices? If anything, you should lower them. You should lower them. Yeah. And then raise the prices in other places. But don't you think, I mean, they've got somebody doing analytics on all this. Like, they're not shooting themselves in the foot too often. You said they're doing it 10 years in a row. Obviously, it's worked nine years in a row so far. Worked eight years in a row because they had two straight losing seasons. You know what my beef in this beef is? That it's a not a dome stadium and it's f- 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 freezing yeah, there. Freezing, yeah. I've never been there, so I, I can't really say how really yeah. cold it is. But I can either. But I've got a bunch of friends who go. I yeah. mean, Mo's taking a couple of people, and Mo goes all the time, and and it's got to be. I hope Mo hears this. I hope Zach hears this. <laughs> My beef is with the Packers. Quit raising your ticket prices. You already got people on lifetime waiting lists for season tickets anyway. Now they're definitely. That's, that's why they definitely should raise them. I commend. Yeah. I commend you, Packers. I, I hope that you get to play the Philadelphia Eagles next year and we beat the brakes off you. But 
I commend you on raising your prices. Hey, I'll say this. Yeah. I do love cheese, though. Oh. I love cheese. Yep, for Munda. No, not for Munda cheese. <laughs> not at all. Not for Munda Gouda. cheese. Munster, Pepper Ooh, Jack. Munster. I had a I had a nice bur- I had a nice burger from Home Run today with some Pepper Jack cheese. I haven't had Home Run. Home Run is almost equivalent to Five Guys. It's just not oh. as ex- it's not as expensive. Okay, that makes it a little bit better. I have to try it. You know, I, I might have a pound of burgers tonight since I had my pound of tacos last night. <laughs> That's not- a lot of red meat in two days. Yeah, it's you know it's. Per usual for me, I, I mix a little salad in there to balance my diet. <laughs> Nothing out. like hamburger salad. Yeah, no big, no, not hamburger salad. Like hamburger and a salad. I can't. You what know. are you just gonna put lettuce on your burger? No, that's what I'm saying. The salad is in its own right. You know, I, and as far as your dressing, you got to get a little. I, I'm on an Italian kick right now, so not, um, not a usual dressing for me. But yeah, separate. I see. That's that's something that's also. I, I guess I'm not going to say weird. It's just different to me because well, I never, I never use a different dressing on my salad. I like. I, is that the norm? You, most people usually know. have a go-to, right? I, I feel like they do. But here's the thing: even if I get a Caesar salad, I'm not using Caesar dressing. I'm using ranch. <laughs> I'm using ranch. I'm just being honest. But that's not a Caesar salad. I know what you're saying. You know, they, I don't. They, I don't ever. Right. I don't ever stray away from ranch. Yeah. I'm a creature of habit when it comes to food, man. I'm very afraid to go to a restaurant and try something different, which yeah. makes it bad. Because here's the reason why, though. And some other people may listen to this and be like, "Man, that's." I'm the exact same way. I'm afraid to go somewhere in a place that's like, hey, we got this new thing. Yep. If I get that and it's not good, I'm going to beat myself up for not getting what I always get. There's pros and cons to it both, but on the other side of that coin is you're literally never going to know what could be your favorite new dish. So I was definitely like where you – like I literally you could say, hey, this is where I'm going. What are you getting? And booms, regurgitate my order out. And there's still some places that are like that. Cracker Barrel is the first example that comes to mind. I haven't eaten Cracker Barrel in years. Bro, their sampler. You cannot go wrong with their sampler. You get a little bit of ham, some of those uh, chicken dumplings, you get some meatloaf, and then you get three or four sides. Like, what more could you ask for in life? Their chicken fried steak. Yeah, I could ask for that. Yeah, I was about to say you left out, in my opinion, their best thing. Well, I'm not turning too much food down, as you can tell. But with that being said, I I just typically know what I go to. Recently, I've been trying to try some new things. And the one thing I had that kind of changed my mind was I had some fish at Cheddar's. Now, now I probably won't be ordering any fish anytime (laughs) soon. So, yeah, I'm with you. I've had the regret. Here's one thing since you brought up meatloaf. Yeah. I'm going to have to get you over to Hilltop and get you that meatloaf sandwich. Oh, yeah. I think. No, I don't know. Maybe a meatloaf sandwich. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't like meatloaf. I just don't. I don't. I don't. But I love this sandwich. Well, what's so good about it? I have it? no idea. I have no idea what makes it so good. Have you ever had bison? Maybe it's because it doesn't have ketchup on it, really. And I'm not, because I'm not a big fan of ketchup. Bro, the best meatloaf is a barbecue meatloaf. Maybe that's what I'm going to have to start trying. Because I'm not a fan of ketchup. And yeah. that's where people call me nuts is because I don't really like ketchup. I don't like I've, my meatloaf with ketchup. I will eat it. Yeah. I'm not turning it down. But if you give me the opportunity. Now, what about like the onions and stuff in it? 
Onions don't bother me now that I've gotten older. Good onions man. have, I've actually grown to like onions. Yeah, I uh, do as well. The red onions on the tacos at Royals is kind of what started me on onions. Mm. Good reference. I like Royals. Now yeah. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, Royals is solid. I took a guy there uh, last week, one of the drivers. Yeah. And he was like, this smells good. I said, oh, it tastes even better. Just wait till you try it. Yeah. You <laughs> took me there for my first time, too, and I, I really enjoyed it. I told you I had that Cox's chicken in downtown New Albany, and I've heard some mixed reviews about that, but I got the drummies, so it was like seven ninety nine for three big old drumsticks and fries. I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly. That's still a place I need to try. I would. I, yeah, it's, it's like I said, I've had some bad reviews, and I know you're a service guy as well, too, where you like good service. That That's what could be the deal breaker for you, from what I hear. I, I just, here's the thing, man. I've worked in the food service. Right. Uh, I, I've worked at Papa John's and Domino's, and I oh, know a pizza guy, huh? Huge pizza guy. I can still go back there and slap some dough if you want me to. Like it's funny because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a text reference here. So the other day, my brothers, me and my brothers, two two of my brothers have a group text. Yeah. Ryan's like just ordered a Papa John's pizza, and they're 30 minutes behind on the make line, which is unheard of. That's okay. 30 minutes behind on the make line is unheard of. That means you're not going to get your pizza for probably an, over an hour. Oh man. Because that means they're 30 minutes behind on orders. I see what you're even saying. Even starting. But it's funny to hear you reference it like that because only people who have worked at something like that yes. would know that reference. So I said, what are you doing? Why aren't you getting behind the counter and, and slapping some dough? It's like, <laughs> oh, if they would, uh, if they'd let me, I would. I said, you're like a guy that conceal carries and doesn't help when someone's hurt. <laughs> That's what you are right now. You're, you're a guy that knows what's going on and you're not helping. And you might have just created, you know, they've got all these quick rapid fire blaze all these pizza places that are like that what if you for real got to go and make your own pizza yeah did we just did we just give away a good idea on air i think it's a bad idea to be honest but it sounds like it'd be no man they had those drinking and paint things well you know why not have a pizza night where you make your own pizza and you take it home and eat it the thought that came to mind is remember when those yogurt i think they're dying out now but those yogurt places were really big and they weigh them by the ounce and then you put as much yogurt in there as you want you go to the toppings and you go to town well yeah i'm putting kit kats and reese's and and then at the end of it you're like this isn't healthy at all and it's 12 dollars yeah you're like oh i just got a tub full of ice cream for 12 bucks when i could have gone and got bluebell the best ice cream there is for seven man i don't i'm i might have to disagree with you on that one man Well, it's only as far as like you can buy it in kroger like i'm not definitely Golden Twist is way better than. I'm just talking about like buying it. Well, what's, what's I'm a better? I'm a homemade ice cream guy. How much is that? Uh, it's about the same price as Bluebell. Oh, okay, but there's not to me. There's not again. This is my personal preference. It's not a better ice cream out on the market than the cherry homemade. than the cherry cordial homemade ice cream brand well you dropped a little bit of knowledge i'm gonna drop a little bit of knowledge it's all about the fat content in this ice cream when my my dad used to own a white mountain creamery the good ice cream has higher fat content okay yeah that's something i'm gonna have to look at. i haven't bought ice cream in ages yeah i don't know what it has to do with anything but that's quality ice cream has higher fat content i don't know what it has to do with anything but it's definitely something good to know i'm always the type of guy that loves to know more food facts because i love to eat good things that white mountain creamer was actually pretty good as well too it's disappointing because it was like i told you when we first moved here I, I went to that golden twist that was the first place i went to and then obviously they're close friends of the family and then we had our own with the Mullins as well, too. And then it ended up, well, they had multiple. I think they ended up having three or four. 
and it shut down, so that was disappointing. But, man, I'd like, I'd like to have some free ice cream. By the way, my last thing that I'm going to go to as far as food, something that has <laughs> changed my life here lately. Yeah? Get yourself a pizza stone. Okay. Yep, I've had it. Have before. you seen those? I've had it. I broke. I think my sister broke mine. Unfortunately. Oh man! For those of you that haven't had one, that make a decent amount of frozen pizzas, man. they make your pizza so much better. Yeah, crisp up the bottom, nice. Oh my goodness, real nice. It's the. <sighs> but I told you, like I, I, I get the California Pizza Kitchen is what I'll typically eat, and they're like seven or eight dollars now. That's so, your frozen pizza you get. Well, it, when it's on sale, I'm I'm pretty cheap. I say I'm a Tombstone guy. I don't yeah. even eat Jack sometimes. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm. It, it, that's the same thing we've talked about before, man. I'm pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, going to these burger places where it's like I don't need this fifteen dollar hamburger. Right. I can go to Rallies or McDonald's, and that was where me and Ryan agreed on hundred percent. We were riding the Murray or to that that Murray EKU game. He said, man, I just I find it hard for me to go someplace and spend this much money right. when I know I could go to McDonald's and get a meal for 7 bucks and be just as happy. Yeah, I, I get both, but it's an experience with some of them, too. So I'm, I'm like that most of the time, but it's, the frozen pizza is a little different for me. The frozen pizza, actually, you know, we referenced um, Bagel Bites and we referenced... Dino's, bro. Yeah. Well, uh, and all those little, what are those pizza pockets? The Pizza rolls. Pizza rolls, thank you. I couldn't remember the name. We used to crush those with our buddy Troy Walters. Oh, yeah. He used to make them by the hundreds, and we'd throw them down. So I saw them. They had them on sale the other night for a buck for 15 I was like, yep, I'll take the Supreme. I'll take the pepperoni. I'll take the three cheese. They're already gone. So <laughs> it's terribly unhealthy, but. That's the thing. Totino's makes those, and they make the party pizzas. Yep. The party pizzas are kind of underrated, man. Don't make them in the microwave, which, you know, no, sometimes. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, man. You got, some, you got some people on the struggle bus that got to do it that way. I've had yeah. to do it that way before. It just makes it really chewy. At the fireworks store when I'm working, I don't have an oven that I can use, so sometimes yeah. you got to microwave stuff. Absolutely. Huh. But you you oven cooked that party pizza? Bro, it's solid. I've got another stat for you before we leave. All right. It's not a stat. It's just some knowledge. You know whenever, unfortunately, you have cancer, the first thing they tell you to do is stop using your microwave? That, that worries me. Did not me. know that. Yeah, it worries me a little bit, I'll be honest. So, like, sometimes I'll be going to sleep and I'll go, dang it, I used the microwave again. Today. What's the repercussions? So yeah. kind of comical, kind of not comical, but also, yeah, I I think there's something to that. You know what's funny, though? What? I honestly, Hopefully more funny than cancer. Yeah, it's that's not really funny, but no. I'm worried about us not having a, uh, enough stuff to talk about today. Yeah. And then I look down and I'm like, yeah, we talked about a good amount. Well, anytime we got food, that'll that'll give us some time, and I think hopefully we gave you some substance in the other stuff as well too. We try to have fun, but we got to make sure we're getting them the facts too. Absolutely, it's trying to figure out how to be different. And uh, with that being said, you know, keep your eyes open for some new merchandise coming up here yeah, shortly. We uh, we were racking our brains here about a design that we're thinking about coming out with. We're not going to give it away, but nope. uh, definitely think it'd be pretty cool and. Different, different variations, but the same thing. And we keep saying we've got a lot of big things on the horizon, but we're looking at getting some video involved. We're looking at doing some different things, some new merchandise. So thanks to you all, that's that's what allows us to do all of that. And uh, any of the support, you know, sharing, liking, all that stuff, keep doing that because that's what helps us. Absolutely, man. And I won't say warm up because it's supposed to be 60 this weekend. I know. Hopefully it it's 60 and not raining. Yeah, that which has been the recipe for every 
60 degree weather day this past month hopefully it's not raining outside the gym but hopefully inside the gym it's raining threes for me <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so guys like bj said keep liking keep sharing keep listening more than anything keep giving us feedback on what you'd like to hear uh we'll probably not listen to it but we'll at least give it a shot yep and they've done studies you know 60 percent of the time it works every time that doesn't make any sense later <laughs>